0: They implemented what we were doing and it literally turned their church around. And we're talking about churches of thousands of people from just a fellowship like us. Isn't that crazy? So, our faith is important because your faith is being reported all over the world. Your faith. Okay. This ministry has been a very personal inspiration to me and Robin because of your convictions okay. and how you touch lives. So, I want you to understand that. Encourage each other. And if you're visiting with each, uh, us, you are with great people that I would hang my hat with. Okay? Amen? Encourage each other. Let's give each other a hand. So, in this ministry, in this room, scattered in little pockets all over, your faith matters. And Paul is praying. He says, I'm just praying. I could come and see you. There are people who are praying they could come and visit and just be with us. Amen. Because your faith matters. Amen. They're praying for us, that we could be successful. You go, why? So we can send them more money? No. They're praying because it's not just the money we're sending, it's the influence. And so line three, I want us to start really investing in this. And line three, we must all master the faith-based approach. I want you to start going, I want to be a student of this. I want to know how to pass this on. Does that make sense? Because people don't need to hear it from me. They need to hear it from you. And when it comes to special contribution or anything, line four, we will give when we decide to be of influence. We will give when we decide to be of influence. That's a big deal. Parents, when your kids are very humble to you, don't you want to give them more? Come on, right? You go, hey, Take out the trash. I don't know what it is, but when I was a teenager, taking out the trash felt like I was being punished. <laughs> Have you ever struggled with that? It was like sharing McDonald's french fries. I don't know what it is about McDonald's french fries, but when I was younger, it was like I could not share them. I could not give them to my sisters. It felt like I was somehow like being violated. You know what I'm saying? But, but taking out the trash, my goodness, it felt like the world was stopping. I had to get up out of my couch. <laughs> I had to tear myself away from the TV. to lug that thing out the door and around the side of the house wondering, why can't my grown parents do this? It's child labor violations. <laughs> you don't want to give to people like that, do you? begrudging, you know, unhappy. But when you feel like I have influence in this person's life, you go, I want to give more to them. In our relationships here, when people are resistant to you, you don't want to give to them. But see, here's the thing. All people of faith are meant to be of influence. And the more you realize, wow, my life, my faith, my mentality, my decisions matter, you're going to actually give more. And so remember faith is supposed to cross borders. It really is. And in line 5 people need our help. That's the thing you want to realize people need our help. H E L P. And guess what? Surprise, don't I don't want to shock you, help stands for something. Guess what? It's an acronym. What? No way. Look at look in Romans chapter 1 verse 5. Actually, let's go to verse 1. It's not, I don't know why I didn't make it into the notes, but it's supposed to be there. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, regarding his Son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the Spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in what? Power. We're going to talk a lot about power today because it's going to be mentioned quite a few times. By his, um, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord... Through him, we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. You know, it's interesting because it says, hey, there's this obedience that comes through faith. Do you see that? But if you have the NIV version, you'll see a little footnote, a little C in there. Do you see the C? Okay. That's a footnote because it's actually a questionable translation. There's another way that this passage could be read. It's in your notes. It says, through him, we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that is faith for his name's sake. Obedience is faith. Crazy, isn't it? It says in the New American Standard Version or the New Revised Standard Version, it says the the obedience of faith. That somehow in God's mind, contrary to what popular and mass Christianity thinks, faith and obedience are completely connected. you go, well, we know that. You say that every Sunday. And guess what? I will say it every Sunday. Because when you want to say, what is a faith-based church? That's the big deal. We're not a belief-based church. Most churches out there will teach, hey, if you just believe, you have a saving faith. But in actuality, line six, what's the first in the H for help is HBO, Saving Faith. That's right, HBO. Yes, not home box office. We'll look at what that stands for in a second. But HBO, what does that stand for? Well, first, let me tell you, line seven, we evangelize with this message because Faith has been watered down, distorted throughout history now. And we live in a world that thinks faith is just with your head or in your heart. And I don't know about you, that's not the kind of love I want. That's not the kind of relationships I want. How many of you want a head and heart relationship? That, well, in my head I love you, in my heart I love you, but in my actions I do nothing. We don't call that marriage. We don't call that love. And so same thing with God. Faith requires, line 8, hearing for your mind. Hearing for your mind. Line 9, believing in your heart. Line 10, obeying with your strength. Hearing for your mind, believing in your heart, obeying with your strength, because in line 11, mind, heart, and strength work together for a saving faith. This is a foundational piece of who we are. Can you teach that? Can you help someone with that? Because here's the thing. This is just common sense. It's common sense Christianity. This just makes sense. If you think about it, how many of you, and I want you to commend one another, I've already had you applaud one another for being so awesome, so you're not going to do it again, but you should. You decided you're going to make Jesus first, and and come to church right here at the beginning of the week. Now, some of you could have made different choices with your time. You go, what could I have done? You could have spent this morning grocery shopping for the party you're going to have when you watch the game tonight. You know what I'm saying? You could watch, you know, you you could have done that. But no, you said, no, I'm going to put God first. Well, let's see. What if you went to that game? Or if you just watched. Now, if you went to that game, that ticket would have cost you a ton of money. So now you're just watching it at home because the chicken wings cost less. (laughs) Right? You know, chips, wings, you got the game. And so there you go. You got the Cavs on one side. You got the Warriors on the other. All right? And they're sitting there, and they go, I'm going to beat you. We're going to so beat you. On the other side, no, we're going to beat you. The other side goes, oh, in our hearts, we feel we're going to beat you. We are so passionate about beating you. On the other side, in our minds, we see it. We are going to win. And I know. We're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. And that goes on for two hours, and the game is over. <laughs> How'd you feel? Cheated. Because you know what? The game isn't played with just your mind and your heart. You got to see the action. When you think about sports, right, that's what makes sports compelling for people. Anything, any art, it's not just someone like, what if you watch the game and all of a sudden everyone just ran around, they start flailing around. One person starts dancing, the other one takes a baseball bat, swings it, someone else takes a football, throws it out into the audience, and they're just running around. Now, there will be lots of action. But what's unmarried to that action is their minds. Anything of value. When we watch and we find compelling, and it's the same with God, your mind, your heart, and your strength are working together. Tomorrow. So that's an amazing message. That's what, faith real, that's what real faith is. Yeah. It's not just in your head and your heart, it's in your actions. Right, you don't marry someone just by believing it. You go to the justice of the peace, or whatever, you go to the ministry. You make the phone calls, you write the invitations, you fill out the license. Whatever it is, it's just not in your head and your heart. See, because America is getting weaker and confused, and we feel it. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter four in verse three. It's for the time will come when men will put well, um for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. You know, this is a passage and, and it's funny. Because a lot of people say, Well, I don't believe in the Bible. You go, well, why? Well, it's been twisted over time. Have you ever anyone ever told you that? Oh, so many people have twisted it. Man it has twisted the Bible. That's why I don't believe in the Bible. And this passage, because I was not a believer growing up, this passage helped me believe in the Bible. You go, why? I go, because the Bible predicts that will happen. Isn't that crazy? You go, I don't believe in the Bible because it's been twisted over time. I go, well, you should believe in the Bible because the Bible predicted that would happen. You go, oh. So God says, "Hey, guess what? The Bible's going to be twisted over time, and there's a reason why. It's because people want to surround themselves with others that titchle, tickle their itching ears." No. And I went to uh, the graduation in—I went to New York, right? I told you about that a couple of weeks ago. I went to New York. Um, you know, like I said, not my favorite place, but it was for my niece's graduation, and they had a keynote speaker. And she graduated from the Tisch School of Arts. So it's a very artsy-fartsy graduation, right? And, and so it's very open-minded. It's like watching one big, long episode of Glee. It's like all the Glee kids graduate, you know? So um, they're all dancing and they're singing. It's like, fame! Um, but they sit there and he talked. He, 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 he said this thing, and it was really interesting because he said, when the Internet came out, we thought, wow, this is going to be so positive for the world. He said, when the Internet came out, because we realized, and we had thought prior to the Internet, that to have great democracy, all you need is better better information. And that if everyone's more informed, then everyone would get more open-minded. Now, if you look at today, actually, the, the amount of violent crime based on hate is just increasing. And so he said, what we've found, which was disappointing and is the truth, is that with all that information available... And it's, it's reasonable why this happened, because in the 60s, when the, when the TV was available to everyone and people started seeing, you know, the abuses that happened, um, the civil rights movement got momentum. But now the Internet, any kind of information, whether true or false, is available. It's not just only true information. And, and so what they said is they found out that Line 12, people gravitate to what, they, what already agrees with them. We live in a world where people just gravitate to whatever they already agree with. And so partly that makes you afraid. That makes you go, well, you know, then people really stink, right? Let's just only hang out with people who agree with us then, and let's just dig our heels deeper. And, and, you know, I, I think it's a dangerous thing to just leave it at that because we've got to ask ourselves why. Why do people do that? Why do we nowadays, and we have all this information available, why do we just gravitate to the things that already agree with us? Line 13 is because people are afraid. People are afraid, and when we're alone and we're afraid or we're angry, we just look to things to make us feel better. And so the Internet gives you all that information when you're alone But what people really need in line 14 is they need a personal touch. That's why it's so important not to just rely. And we think, like I said, you could worship and hear a great song at home. You could hear a great message at home. But what else you could also hear at home is a hate message. There's a great message and there's a hate message. You could download either one just as fast. But we need a personal touch. When it comes to this view of faith, hearing, believing, obeying, being a whole complete package for faith, that you can't just broadcast that on the Internet, although I believe in having good social media resources and all that. We have to have people in this world need a personal touch. You won't change your mind. You won't change your life. You won't change the bad patterns unless you allow yourself to be touched or if someone else touches you spiritually. And that's so important. That personal touch is key. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. And we're running out of time here. And what's great about this group is you go, ah, we can just do it next week. So we may just do it next week. Is that okay? Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. In Colossians chapter one, verse three, we're gonna end out with this, and and then the assignment was we have some assignments, but we'll do those assignments next week. How's that sound? In Colossians are uh, three weeks from now. Okay, so next week where are we meeting? Regional, downtown. Okay. Spanish and English will be meeting downtown, not just the English. Then on the sixteenth, it'll be a shorter service, it's gonna be for Father's Day. And, unfortunately or fortunately, whatever, the greatest gift we can give to dads is a shorter service. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. But, uh, and, then, and then the following week, we will meet together and we'll finish out this lesson. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We'll close out here, though. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because you have, we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that springs from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. So remember, we are here to promote the true message of the gospel. And guess what involves? It involves faith and love. Go figure. Because our mission is to live out our faith by loving like Christ. But it goes on. It says, It says, That has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout The whole world. So your faith crosses borders. Your faith needs to be of influence. When you start deciding you will be a man or woman of influence in your community, you will give more. And you have something to give because you have this picture of faith that is really true. Because most people go to church, and I'm telling you, what's being painted is, yeah, the calves on one side, the warriors on the other, and they do nothing. But we believe in something different, that real faith will love like Jesus. And it goes all over the world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it on the internet. Now it says, you learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who has told us of your love in the Spirit. You will give when you are of influence. And start realizing that people, even back then, they learn it from a personal touch. The kind of faith that grows and goes past borders, that goes and grows past barriers, the kind of faith that, you will, that will kind of magically and wondrously and miraculously change your life is the one that touches others. And so over the next few weeks, I want us to start realizing, hey, let's be masters of the approach. Let's teach people how to live out their faith by loving like Jesus. We're going to talk about the different elements in the next couple of weeks, okay? But I want us to be people who can really, really influence people. And when you influence people, guess what? You will give more. That's literally what Paul says. We'll cl- close out Colossians 1, verse 24. I just want you to read this pa- last passage with me. It says, that, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, in verse 24, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become a servant by the commission God gave me to, present to, you to, the wor- to um, present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. Among the Gentiles... And the glorious riches of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one who we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. You know, you start putting all the effort. You start tapping into the power. When you start realizing one thing, and some of us, we may not feel this yet. Some of us... We may have rarely felt it in our Christian life. And and, and our role in each other's lives is to help us experience this thing. It says, Christ in you, the hope of what? More work? The hope of what? Disappointment? The hope of what? Fatigue? No, it says the hope of glory. Glory. And we will be a vibrant church. We're going to come, walk in, sit next to each other, not even be able to contain ourselves if we realize we are here in each other's lives to bring out the glory of Christ. When you decide to be of influence, you will give. We are here to help people experience the real faith and the life-changing love of Jesus. So have a great time in fellowship today. Really talk to each other. Meet someone new. Remember, we do not leave this building until we've talked to someone we've never met before. Or we meet someone we don't know their name. And that means you might have forgotten their name. And be humble and say, you know what? I met you before. I forgot your name. And we will always be going, oh, great, great. Let me tell it to you again. And then make up a different name just to see what happens. (laughs) Anyways, have a good time in fellowship.